Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. As a parent myself, to sit there and know that you will not see your children grow up. I can't even imagine what that must feel like. What you're about to hear are two unscripted sessions with a grief therapist and a psychic medium. Neither Claire nor Fleur had any contact with the participants before their sessions. They were screened by me, Elizabeth, one of the producers of the podcast, in order to preserve the integrity of a psychic reading. Absolutely no information was given to Fleur before their psychic session. This is Moving Beyond, the podcast. My name is Fleur. I've been working as a psychic medium for over 10 years. I have sat in front of 15,000 people to give them readings. I connect people here in the physical world to something they can't see, to their loved ones on the other side. And that, to some people, is a really spooky, crazy experience, but to me, it's my everyday life. And I find that many people come to see me for a variety of reasons, either curiosity, wanting to see if it's real, or the deeper layers of grief, closure, healing, a way forward. A question that plagues people over and over again after a loss is, is my loved one really gone? I think mediumship can be an incredibly powerful tool towards healing, but it certainly is not the only one. I often send my clients to grief therapists afterwards, but I was thrilled a few years ago when I started hearing from my clients that doctors and psychiatrists and therapists were referring me. That was crazy to me. I always thought psychic mediumship was super taboo and super weird, and how could a doctor possibly recommend something so out there? But I was thrilled that people started to see that it's a real healing modality. One of these people was Claire Bidwell-Smith, a grief therapist, and she is also the author of three books on grief. I lost both of my parents by the time I was 25 years old, and it was a really deep and humbling experience. And it's what propelled me into this field. Whenever I tell people what I do, they usually take a step back and shake their heads. I think they imagine that it's really depressing and heavy. But it's not like that at all. Yes, it can be sad. It really can. But mostly it's beautiful and uplifting. And I find myself reminded every day about what makes humanity so special. We work in very different ways. She is a grief therapist, I'm a medium, but we see people at the same point of life. 
We find them in moments where they are at deep loss, grieving, not able to move forward, have questions that they can't seem to move past. Where are they now? Can they see us? Can we still communicate with them? The first time a client told me that they'd been to see a psychic medium, I was a little baffled about how to respond. I'd never seen one myself and I felt really skeptical about the idea. I saw over a dozen psychic mediums in that time period. And no matter how good the medium was, I still found myself wondering if it was real. After a while though, I stopped caring if it was real. And I finally decided that what was more important was how it made people feel. A good session with a psychic medium can turn things around for someone who is lost in their grief. I've seen it time and time again. I could have a client who was completely stuck, like doing all the right things, allowing themselves to grieve, working through their emotions, reviewing their relationship with the person they lost, going to grief groups, making amends, you name it, but still they'd be stuck about something that happened with the death or some unresolved aspect of their relationship. And after a good mediumship reading, they would come away with a completely new understanding. They'd come away with a feeling of connection to their loved one and often a bit of closure. We wanted to share that experience with you, give you the opportunity to be a fly on the wall in the grief therapy session where someone is able to express and explore how their grief has shaped their current life. And then we transport you to a mediumship reading, a moment where you get to listen in on what a reading is and does and some of the answers that people can receive and do receive. We hope that some of the information that arises can help you too, no matter where you are in your stage of grief or loss or curiosity about the things we can't always see. Hi, my name's Samantha Wells. I'm originally from England, but now live in Sierra Madre, California with my husband and my five children. Our house is always filled with activity, trying to get these kids moving in the morning to get them off to school before we can actually get ourselves ready and go to work. My family just experienced a huge loss. I was really excited to use this opportunity with Medium Fleur and Claire to um, find closure. So I meet Samantha at her house on a Thursday morning. Hi. Hi. Nice, nice to, to meet, meet you. you. Come on in. Thanks. She's just finished breakfast with her kids. I'm excited to start our work together. I know Samantha has suffered a tragic loss. So Samantha, tell me the story. Um, so my sister was 28 and she had started to have some really bizarre symptoms that wasn't indicative of a cold or just being tired with kids and, mm -hmm. and work. She felt dizzy, she was having these bizarre headaches and lumps appearing. So she was seeking some medical advice and this went on for about, <clears throat> about eight weeks. We found out that she had cancer absolutely everywhere. It had been in her body for quite some time. 
and um, she was a nurse. Um, wow. Bizarrely enough, she was taking care of other people and yeah. hadn't noticed that she was wow. sick. Was there a parts. specific cancer or it was just everywhere? Or? It was actually adrenal cancer, okay. which is quite rare. When she found out, it was in every organ, oh. including her brain, and they gave her two weeks to live. Wow. Yeah. I flew out immediately to be with her, and uh, she was in hospital, and um, she wanted to come home. She knew she was dying, mm -hmm. and she wanted to be in her own home with her children. Um, How old are her children? At the time, they were six and eight. Wow. What was it like for her? What was her understanding of... of dying or was she able to face it? Did you talk about it? She was angry. Yeah. The first couple of days she didn't speak to anybody. She yeah. refused yeah. to speak to anyone. She was very angry. She didn't want to leave her kids. She didn't believe that it could happen to someone at 28. It's really hard to believe. Yeah, I actually don't think she came to terms with it at all before her passing. Did you come to terms with it before she no, died? No, I did not, no. I just was taking care of the boys, trying to help them understand what was going on because they had no idea. What was that like for you and for them? Um, it was tough. I was the one that had to tell them that, that their mum was going to be passing. It was really tough. It was tough explaining that to them, mm -hmm. yeah. Thankfully, we were able to exchange custody of the boys while she was still alive. She was able that's to... That's what she wanted. That's what she wanted, yeah. Yeah, she was... You know, as sisters, we'd had that conversation anyway. If anything happens, but we didn't ever expect that to happen. Yeah. But when she knew that she was dying, she was very determined that she wanted to make sure her boys were okay before she left. Mm -hmm. So she did that, and we sat down, and we did a custody arrangement. I have my own kids, I'm a great mother, but when you're looking after somebody else's and just wanting to do the right thing for her and for her kids, yeah. that's huge for me. I, I struggle with that every day. I don't get to ask her, hey, is that the right thing? Are you okay with that? Here's where we get to the root of where Samantha is struggling and stuck in her grief. She cannot get freedom from this repetitive question. This is also where I find a medium can be useful because as a grief therapist, I can help someone process things like this, but to really let go of it, people just want to hear from their loved ones directly. Do you ever talk to her anyway? Ask oh anyway. yeah. Every day. Yeah. Yeah. I, sp yeah. I'll speak to her every day and yeah. just pretend I have the answers. Oh yeah. That's what she said. That's what I'm going to go do. Right. But it's so out of sync, mm -hmm. you know, she should have been older. They should have been grown. Mm -hmm. She should have had the joy of grandkids and all of those things. So it's yeah. just so out of sync of what natural normal life is that it's just really hard to comprehend, comprehend. Right. Mm. How do you feel like it would be different if um, you could talk with her about it and try to figure things out together and move forward? Um, I think it's just knowing that it's all okay, mm -hmm. that I'm making the right decisions, that her boys are happy and that she's okay with what I'm doing, mm -hmm. you know, and it's not grand decisions. It's just everyday life, yeah. you know, should he take that soccer club? Should he, <laughs> you know, should he do extra math? Like, 
you know, simple things that parents, you just instinctively will make decisions on. Um, with the boys, I struggle that I'm doing the right thing. I just want them to have the best life possible. I want her to say, yeah, this is what I wanted or mm -hmm. what you're doing is exactly what I would have done. We never had those conversations. Now this is where grief gets really complicated. Grief isn't just about losing someone. It's about whole lives changing, families coming apart and being put back together in new ways, family members assuming new roles and responsibilities. On top of all the sadness that comes with loss, there is also always enormous change. She was very much a helicopter parent, <laughs> if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Whereas I'm more, um, I'm way more open about letting them kind of experience and develop what works for them and a situation. Let's, I don't want to fix it for you. I want you to learn how to fix these things that come up in your life. Whereas my sister would right. jump right in there and put that band-aid on and scoop him up and, you know, very, very, very different parents. So I try to have the balance of both, uh, which feels unnatural for me because it's not how I parented yeah. my kids. That's a lot. How often are you thinking about this and worrying about it? Oh, every day. Every day. Every day, yeah. Even down to, no, you had McDonald's wow. on the weekend. We're not having McDonald's on a Wednesday afternoon. Something very small like that to when one of the boys fell off their bikes and completely scraped their face and we were in urgent care. I was sitting there just in tears thinking, this is my fault. She, this wouldn't have happened with her. But it but was just like I had failed. Yeah. This wouldn't have happened if she had him. This has happened because I've got him and I wasn't the right parent. I wasn't doing the right thing. This kind of guilt, this kind of wondering can just really plague a person. This is exactly the kind of place where my work with Fleur converges. I could work with Samantha for weeks and probably only get so far with her sense of obligation and duty, wondering if she's doing everything the way her sister would have wanted. But if she's able to have a good session with Flora and really get that reassurance directly from her sister, it will be a game changer. Can you imagine a, something changing that would allow you to not worry as much and to feel just more relaxed into this whole life that you um, have to live? I mean, I think I feel so much better when I do feel like she's here. Mm -hmm. Or even when the girls will say to me, you know, it really feels like she's in the room, like I can smell her and I actually get way more comfort from that. It's like even though I'm, I miss her and I'm grieving, I feel way more connected. I'm like, yeah. oh, okay, then that's okay. Like she's here. Mm -hmm. That makes a huge difference to me. When I feel like she's gone, she's out of our lives, our, our vision, you know, that's when it becomes really difficult. Sometimes people get really stuck holding on to grief. It's this funny thing that I see all the time. They hold on to guilt or regret long past when they should have. Because they feel, even unconsciously, that if they let go of their guilt, it means they're letting go of their person. The way that I work is that I try to encourage people to let go of their guilt and replace it with a new sense of connection to their person. 
This connection can come from a spiritual place or through rituals or letter writing, mediumship, or some combination of all of it. What's important is finding ways to feel connected even though their person isn't here anymore. Have you seen a psychic medium before? I haven't, no. Okay. My sister had. Um, she okay. went to like a local group thing uh -huh. and she asked me to come along and I was in England at the time and I was like, yeah. it was like three hours long and I was like, I am not sitting there for three <laughs> hours, you know, and we may not even get a reading, I'm not coming. And she went and she got a reading in this group session. She came away feeling very comforted mm -hmm. um, and she was a believer when she went in and she was more of a believer when she came out, mm -hmm. yeah. I'm always careful when I ask a client about psychic mediums. Usually I let my clients themselves be the ones to bring this idea or experience into the therapy room. But over the last several years, I've found myself asking more and more clients if they might be interested. I always want to make sure they feel open and curious about the experience though. My sister and I had this conversation shortly after she found out she was dying and she said, that once she reaches the other side, she'll let me know she's okay. Hmm. Somehow she'll let me know. And I feel like oftentimes she has. There's definitely, and whether it is or isn't, it definitely comforts me. Yeah. It makes me smile and I just think, oh, that's her letting me know that, um, that everything's okay. There's definitely things that have happened in my life that make me believe that it's possible, absolutely possible. I'm not, um, I'm not a non-believer. This is where I always get extra cautious with clients. I never want a visit to a medium to do more harm than good. People are so vulnerable when they're grieving and it's never guaranteed that they'll get a good reading or that the person they most want to connect with will come through. Helping set their expectations is important. Anything you're nervous about or not sure about going into the experience? Um, I guess that, I mean, what if she doesn't come through? Mm -hmm. Like, what if, I don't know. Yeah. I think that maybe, like, I've never done it. So, like, what if she doesn't come through? And what if I'm still sitting there with incomplete right. answers and just, that's probably my most, I'm like, we'll say she doesn't. And it would be great to hear from anybody, you know, mm -hmm. but that for me is my closure. So I'm like, right. what if that doesn't happen? Yeah. Then what? I'm still sitting with it. I won't speak to Fleur about my session with Samantha. So I'm equally curious to see what comes up with the reading. I'm really hoping that Samantha's sister comes through and can provide some kind of closure. Samantha has prepared for her reading, and I have to prepare for my side of things as well. I don't know anything about Samantha before starting this psychic medium session with her, and I prefer not to know anything. A connection to people on the other side doesn't just happen for me. I need to set the intention, and I need to take time to prepare. 
in that way I can be clear and accurate and work in such a way that I know I'm being the best possible communicator for the people that are eagerly awaiting for Samantha's knock on the door and our session to get started. I'm Fleur. Nice to meet you. Nice Come to on meet in. you. So I work as a medium, I work as a psychic. Uh, the two go hand in hand. So the psychic, the way that the psychic works is we're looking at you as a physical person with a spirit, a life force, a soul yourself. And when we cross over, that soul, that spirit, that life force continues on. In either case, what I'm doing is I'm dialing into the vibration of that life force. When you pass over, that vibration stays the same. And for me, what I'm doing is I'm tuning into that vibration pattern as if I'm tuning into a radio station. The closer I get to the exact station that that person has, the more information I have. So as I'm tuning in, I'm going to say something like, I see this right now, I feel this, I hear this, I know this. All I need from you is just yes or no. So that's it, just a yes or a no. Okay. One of the biggest fears that people bring into a session is that their loved one will not show up. That's for some reason, they just don't want to be there. And I haven't found this ever to be true. If you have a connection to someone on the other side and you've created this space for them to come and connect with you, they will make a point to be there. They will make every effort. If for some reason they don't, I truly believe that it is the medium's fault for just simply not recognizing them. Luckily in this case, everyone came in for Samantha, but she did have a little bit of a curveball because the sister that she thought would come through was not first in line, and the sister that she didn't think would come through was the one who started the session. Now I've got two women stepping in here, one on my right, one on my left. Now when they come in on my right, it means that there's a sudden passing. Mm -hmm. um, and that's the one that's coming here on my right hand right now. Mm -hmm. And I'm wanting to acknowledge here with her that I'm found after my passing. Do you see this? That there's no witness to my passing. Do you understand that? I do. No one directly sees this. Yes. Do you understand that? Mm -hmm. um, and, and I'm just wanting to make sure that I've got both of them separated out so that, because okay. I think they're going to jump back and forth for me. So just one moment here. Sometimes in a session when I have multiple sisters step in, multiple brothers, multiple children, multiple fathers, in the case of like a stepfather and a biological father, their energies can get a little bit muddled because we've got the same kind of type of person coming in and I then have to make extra sure that I know who is sister one and sister two. Once I've got them distinguished, we can move forward with the reading, no problem, but it's always really nice just to make sure I know that these two different energy patterns are in fact two different people, and that I am very, very sure that the one radio station doesn't get mixed up with the other radio station. Okay, 
because these are very, two very separate women in, mm -hmm. in that they pass separately yes. in, in separate circumstances, not at the same time. Yes. Do you see? And I would say that there's a number of years between the two of them as well, where um, it's not back to back. I'm mm -hmm. looking at like a decade difference. Mm -hmm. Do you see? One goes, decade passes, another goes. You understand? So the one that passed suddenly is the one that's second, correct? Second, yeah. okay. okay. So the sister that passes second, and I'm going to go back to her passing because she mm -hmm. makes me feel like no one directly witnesses it. Um, and I know that you said yes to that, yes. but I know that that feels important. Mm -hmm. um, and there is a recognition, however, of being found immediately after. So there isn't the feeling of I'm, I'm, I'm without help for hours and hours. I don't see that. Right. Now I'm wanting to say... Around her energy, it actually feels like there's some um, mental imbalance yeah. uh, and, and mental illness. Do you see this? Yeah. And the recognition as well that I've got prescription drugs mm -hmm. that feel abused at times yeah. uh, and that I'm taking too much of them. Do you yeah. see? And I would say, however, that there is someone in her life who watches over her quite vigilantly, you know? Someone she's living with, yeah. someone who keeps a very strong eye on her. Mm -hmm. Do you see that? When I'm doing a reading, information comes in quite suddenly and in a variety of ways. I often feel it in my physical body if there is a mental condition or a physical condition. I will then see a picture of like a visual image of prescription drugs and I'll see a home in which there's someone watching or someone right there. I feel these emotions, I see these images, sometimes I'll hear words all at once. And so for me, the job is piecing the story together and finding out what happened in what order and why it's important to convey it to the person in front of me. From her perspective, there had actually been times in her life where she wants to commit suicide yeah. um, and is stopped by people in her family, by people who keep an eye on her. Yeah. Do you see that? Mm -hmm. And I feel that even in this instance, someone was around her and just didn't notice in that moment. It feels like it slips through the cracks. Yeah. Do you see? But they were watching her, do you know? Yeah. And she knows that. And in, in that regard, she's actually quite sorry for the way that she chooses to go because it's not that she waits for a moment where no one's around. It almost feels like someone's right there. Yeah. Um, and just notice in that split second. Yeah. First of all, she doesn't struggle with mental illness on the other side. Okay. I do feel like around the time of her passing, she talks about pills in her system. Mm -hmm. I, I want to acknowledge that. Um, and I would say she, she spends some time really being watched by psychiatrists yeah. or like almost in a psychiatric hospital. Do you understand that? Like it feels like she knows her mental health is not stable mm -hmm. and not that it makes it all right necessarily or easier that she passes in this manner but she's really relieved 
by mental stability on the other side. There's yeah. just the feeling of it was such a roller coaster, yeah. you know? Spirit people on the other side often tell me that they don't have addictions any longer. They don't suffer from physical pain, mental illness. It's almost as if when we release the physical body, we release all the stuff that goes along with it. And the part of us that remains isn't plagued by those human aspects that made life here so difficult. Your parents were highly involved with her. Do you see this? Not my parents. Hold on, what is mm -hmm. that? Da, 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 da. She's talking about parental figure who's like heavily involved. Um, her parents were very involved. Her parents, okay. Very involved, yeah. That's why I was surprised it happened. Okay. But she's like a sister for you. Yeah, no, this is my husband's sister. Okay, yeah. got it. Because she's like, they were watching me all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> they yeah. were watching me all the time. Um, and and uh, is, is almost surprised she was able to, to do it, to be honest. Yeah, we don't know how it happened. We but, were surprised. But she's, she's yeah. acknowledging the sense of, I'm okay now, I'm all right. I do feel like she really wants to reach out to your brother there, just or sorry, to her brother, to mm -hmm. her husband, also to just say, you know, all is well, all is good. Mm. Uh, and... There's an acknowledgement that he's been quite helpful to her parents, his parents yeah. as well, mm -hmm. do you know? And she's also wanting to acknowledge that he's actually really helped financially. Yeah. So there's a lot of finances that have mm -hmm. gone to them and a real recognition of wanting to, to say, you know, thank you. Mm -hmm. That that feels to be uh, huge in that, in that regard. All right, she's just stepping out for me, but mm -hmm. just wants to say all is well, all is good. Um, very at ease, you Good. know. Mm. Very happy to be off the roller coaster ride, I would say. When I switch from one person to the next in a reading, it often feels to me like I'm switching radio stations. It's like I was at 104.2 and now I have to dial in to 93.5. And as I make that switch, I can very much feel one person step to the side and the other one step in. And it's then my job to recalibrate, to find the exact station of the new person coming in so that the information can once again flow and we can start a new conversation between the person on the other side and the person here. Um, now on my left side, we've got another lady coming in and this is your biological sister then do you see that because there's yep. another sister that's coming in. okay and with her she comes in showing me that she knows she's passing as she's passing there's very much the lead up to her knowing she's going to go mm -hmm. and it feels to me that there's an acknowledgement of family getting to be near her and with her as she crosses. Mm -hmm. The distinction between the two sisters is immediate for me. The first sister presents herself as having passed immediately, abruptly, and without anyone knowing in that moment. The distinction is vast because now as this woman steps forward, I feel like I'm surrounded by love, I know that I'm passing, and I've got my family all around me. 
This is my first indication that I'm working with two separate women, both on the spirit side, but both sisters to Samantha. She's, she's an interesting sister character because I actually feel like there's a great deal of love between the two of you, uh, but you really are very different growing up yes. um, and would not have gotten along for a number of years there as you're growing up and then as adults yes. become much closer and much more connected. Yeah. And I think um, the closest you are is actually at the greatest distance between the two of you. Yeah. Do you see? Mm -hmm. Like we really form a bond once we are living far apart. And, she, <laughs> and she's, she's acknowledging a romantic relationship that dissolves mm -hmm. prior to her passing, yeah. do you see? And there is the feeling of a divorce, a disconnect, and a feeling of having kids that she raises independently for some time, yeah. you understand this? Mm -hmm. the, the feeling of having lost a partner. And it feels to be, like a really miserable time for her because I I would say there's this this ex-partner that from her feeling like really leaves me hanging really just kind of disappears yeah I think she has a near baby at the point when she's left yeah she did you know yeah. there's there's a there's a child that's still very dependent on me mm -hmm. and uh, one that that I think has zero memory of their father right from that point She also noticed she was a child that she decided not to keep. Do you see this? Yeah. There's a baby she didn't have, mm -hmm. you know? Which I think is at a time where she knows that relationship is in trouble. Yeah. So she's got that baby with her. Um, yeah, she was very sad about that. Yeah. Yeah. She's got that baby with her. It just feels mm -hmm. like she knew she couldn't raise another. Yeah. Yeah, that was why she did it, yeah. When I'm working with someone that comes in from the spirit world, it often feels like a game of 20 questions for me. I ask them, what are the most important moments of your life? What distinguishes you from someone else? What were heartbreaking moments or moments that changed you? And sometimes the information that comes up can be some of people's hardest moments. Uh, something like, in this case, being left by a man and having to raise children on your own. That shaped this woman's life, and of course it would be important for her to recognize that to her sister when she's looking back on the life that she lived. And I feel very much so that she's an extremely hardworking woman. I see her working, I see her uh, working multiple jobs. Yeah. Uh, I feel that I'm really trying to provide for these kids, yeah. and they are my entire world, you see? Yeah. And I'm doing everything I can to be a mother who is able to provide them the life that they that they need. I actually think she sends one of her kids to private school. Do you see this? She attempted, yeah. Oh, she's like, she attempted she's like to, I needed yeah. to send them to private school. Yeah, yeah, she attempted. There just wasn't one in the area. Oh, but, but she wanted she, it yeah, so badly. Yeah, yeah it just And feels, was working to do that. Yeah. It feels like I'm, I'm making money so I can send yeah. my kids to private school mm -hmm. because that's what I want for them and I don't yeah. want them to suffer just because they don't have the father yeah. figure. That's right, yeah. And it feels to me that she, she makes it work. Um, did she cut her own hair? Do you see this? She, she, talk, she talks about she cuts her own hair. It's terribly, but yeah. I, I feel that she cuts her own hair and mm -hmm. she does it just to save money, to be honest. Yeah. You know, because every penny goes to these kids. Mm -hmm. I'm often perplexed by some of the things that come from the spirit side. Why would someone talk about cutting their own hair? 
you know, I don't think in this case the spirit person is actively telling me that information. It's just something that I seem to notice about their appearance. As if I were to meet them on the street and see, oh, that's funny, you've got bangs. Or, oh, you've got crazy earrings. It's just simply something I notice, not something that's being directly told to me. And she talks about getting sick um, mm. and not feeling well. And I, and I actually don't feel that she gets diagnosed until very late. And, and part of this is because she knows she's got, she has to keep going. Yeah. So there's this feeling of pushing herself forward and not wanting to admit or acknowledge that she's not feeling well. And I don't think there are any treatment options really at that point. And yeah. I'm, from her perspective, she's, she makes me feel that one moment I think I'm fine, the next I'm making plans for my passing. Yeah. And it, it feels like a 180 and it feels like it happens very quickly. Um, and I know that you are the second person to find out. Yeah, I was. You're the second person mm -hmm. who gets the call. You're the second person to know. And I feel that the first person she was afraid to cry with, but the second person, which is you, she does cry with. Do you see that? Yeah. She keeps herself very strong the first time around. Yeah. And then she, she gets to actually show her emotion around it yeah. with you. And do you see in that phone call, she asks you to take care of her kids? Do you see this? Yeah. Because it's immediate. It just feels like from the mm -hmm. moment I'm not well, I know that they need to go to you. Mm -hmm. You see? I know that they need to go to you. And it feels like such a relief for her that you immediately say yes. Yes. There's no question about it. There's no consideration. It just feels immediate. Mm -hmm. And the acknowledgement of that exchange, I think, really allows her to, to know that it's going to be okay. At this point in a reading, we move into the message. Of course, it's important to provide evidence for someone because I, as a medium, want to know that I'm connected to the right person, and they, as a client, Samantha, wants to know that it is really her sister. So we have to bring up the facts of her life and things that I couldn't possibly know unless her sister was really there. But what I think is most healing in a session and most important is actually the messages that come through. The things that her sister would like to say to her, the thank yous, the gratitude, the things she's seen. And now we move into that part of the reading and we get that experience. So there's a Mary with her on the other side. Do you see this? Uh, it's a grandmother figure. Okay. Oh, also yeah, yeah, yeah. On the yeah. Other side. That's fine. They're together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, already passed when she passes. Yes, yes. Because she's there waiting at the mm -hmm. time that she that she crosses. And You've already had dreams with her in them. Mm -hmm. Do you see that? She's already visited you in dreams. Yeah. Uh, at one point, very regularly, one after the other. Yeah. Do you see that? Mm -hmm. And um, and she also makes me laugh about this because she's someone who really likes to tell people what to do. And I feel like in one of these dreams, you're kind of being told how to raise her kids. Mm -hmm. Or like the, the recognition of like, do it this way, not that way. Do you know, she's very bossy. She's very bossy. <laughs> and there's the sense of, you're actually doing a great job, uh, but she is kind of hovering over your shoulder and making mm. sure you're doing it okay. I truly believe the spirit world is able to visit people throughout the day and in their dreams, but I don't think that if people aren't visiting you in your dreams, it doesn't mean that they're not around. Everyone is different. Some people have easy access to the spirit world in their dream state. Others have easy access in their day to day. It all depends on you, but I do think it's possible and I do think anyone can ask. And she's making me feel um, 
that she's just been around and seen it and, and wants to thank you really for caring about the little things, you know, for helping her baby find mm. a way that she can wear her hair in a way that she wants mm. to wear it, mm -hmm. do you know? One of her kids has curly hair, do you see this, or unmanageable hair? Yeah, unmanageable. Unmanageable. I wouldn't say curls, She but. makes me feel like you've, she, she takes me to one of her kids and she makes me feel like you've been trying to figure out how to get their hair to behave. Yeah. Do you, do you see this? Yeah. And she's laughing about it because, um, because it feels like they really want the hair to behave, but it's just not it's happening. <laughs> um, Don't know what type of hair that is. Right, yeah. but it doesn't do no, what you want it to do. it doesn't do, do anything. Knowing what she was like as a parent, whether I'm doing the right things. Yes. Well, I think, like I said, she looks like she's hovering above your shoulder, mm. keeping an eye on everything. Very has a. You would have known her to have a very strong opinion on how children need to be raised. Yeah, do you see that, mm -hmm. and I think was much more strict than you are. Mm -hmm. Do you see? Uh, so in some ways, she actually jokes about that they're having a much nicer life. Um, in, in a certain yeah. regard, you know, a little less uh, strict mm -hmm. and, and more freedom. Uh, but I think you're doing a fantastic job. She's really proud of. Of, of them. They look really well taken care of. I feel like they've been in your caretaking for years and years now and time, yeah. um, it, it feels that they're they're doing a really they're doing really well. Mm. One of her kids used to have nightmares. Do you mm -hmm. see this? And she actually spent time with you in the middle of the night as you would lay besides them um, and soothed them back to sleep but she was there every single time right at night when that was happening and i think from, from what she's showing me is at, at one point it feels multiple times a night yeah it took him a while to really yeah sleep after that um but she was there with you at night mm. all, all through that the night so it just feels that you're doing an incredible job fulfilling a huge mm. huge role there um, and you've got kids of your own. Yes. Do you know? Uh, and um, and I, I just feel the sense that they're all come together you know, in, in, in a sense that they're, they're just family. Yeah. Okay, other questions? I believe that my connection with the spirit world is a two-way street. That means that when I'm working with a client towards the end of a session, I give them some time for questions. Anything they feel wasn't answered, anything that they want to go back and get more information about. But in theory, I believe people can ask just about anything. Um, I don't think so. No. I mean, I could sit here and do loads of questions all day, but those were like the main things that yeah. have really been sitting with me for all these years. Yeah. And then obviously just, I didn't ask, are you okay with this? I mean, who's okay with dying? But, yeah. you know, yeah, just that, like, knowing that she was at peace, you know. I think yeah. she was at peace because yeah. she knew someone was going to be taking over for her, mm -hmm. you know. And it just feels like she could go with a sense of knowing that she wasn't leaving behind anyone haphazardly. 
Yeah. It just feels like they're safe, you know? Because, again, I feel like none of that was decided after she passes. It was all done. Yeah. From the moment she's diagnosed. But she really knew you were a good mom. Mm. And you were already with your husband at that point. Yeah, see? yeah. And she, she knew the both of you. Yeah, she loved him. And she thinks he's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. So it, she was able to give to give her kids in really good hands. Mm. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Anything else? Um, no, I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. Good. Well, thank you very yeah. much. No, thank you, and I didn't cry. I held it together. <laughs> she didn't cry. I'm personally a little surprised that she didn't. When I heard the recording of this session, especially after knowing the whole story, I cried. But also after getting to know Samantha, I'm not surprised that she didn't cry. I think about the enormity of what she's been through and how much she has to hold together for her family. She's probably spent years making sure she doesn't cry. So many of my clients like her have told me that they're afraid that if they start crying, they'll never be able to stop. For someone like Sam, she feels like she has to hold it together. She can't afford to fall apart. I hope, though, that later in private, she's able to let herself really feel all of this. What were you most wanting to hear? Um, I really wanted to hear from my sister who had passed away a few years ago and I wanted to hear if she was okay with her passing, if she had come to terms with that before her passing and also whether or not she was happy with what I was doing with her boys. Why did you choose to have a reading? I've thought about it since my sister's passing. It wasn't something that I pulled the trigger on, not because I was a non-believer. I think just mainly because whether or not I was ready to receive any information, I was unsure of what I would hear or not. And when the opportunity came up, I definitely felt like I was in a good space to be able to explore that possibility of having a reading and that need in my grief process now to kind of find some closure. I came without expectation, hoping that I would walk away with huge relief and comfort and definitely walked away with way more than that. What was most surprising to you about the reading? I was just shocked at some of the things she touched upon that I wasn't even expecting anybody to know around my sister-in-law's passing, which was completely unexpected. That touched me more than anything else, which was not something that I realized I needed that much closure on. But in that moment, right then, when we were talking about her and um, her passing, I just felt so resolved and I still do right now like that for me just was the most amazing thing that I wasn't expecting I'm always amazed at the obscure details a medium is able to pick up on anything that Fleur knew about that you weren't expecting to hear I'm completely surprised and shocked that she was so correct and was telling me about my life still trying to process it all really yeah not a lot of people know that we actually weren't close for a number of years and we became a lot closer when we were adults 
So people that know us as adults thought we had this best friend relationship and what an amazing you know, group of sisters that we were, but actually we didn't like each other <laughs> right up until we became adults. And not a lot of people know that unless, you know, they were childhood friends. So as soon as you said that, it had to be, it had to be her. Do you feel like you got reassurance? I think deep down, I always tell myself I'm doing a good job, but to hear that she's right there with me and actually supporting me through some of the hard times that, that we face as a family was um, really comforting. I'm even more quiet now than, than I have been the last couple of days. I'm still sitting here in a little bit of shock at, at the reading that I just had and the information that came my way. I'm just um, surprised that Fleur knew that much about my family and my extended family. So yeah, I'm by no means a skeptic now. Samantha, what's going to be different for you going forward after this reading? I do feel when I'm going through these things with the boys and um, I have to pick them up when they're fallen and they've hurt themselves and I'm sitting there with them when they're you know, have a sore tummy and throwing up, I feel extremely lonely in that moment. Like, I'm doing this without you and I don't want to do it without you. So it was very comforting to know that actually I'm not, that she's there, like she's right there with us, making sure that they're okay too. Um, it's something I didn't, I didn't think about, but it's very comforting to know that I'm not doing it alone, that she's right there. Um, yeah, that was, that's a huge relief for me. Moving Beyond is an original production produced by Elizabeth Mihelich and Fleur Lesink. Samantha Bode is our editor. You can find Claire Bidwell-Smith on her website at www.clairebidwellsmith.com C-L-A-I-R-E-B-I-D-W-E-L-L-S-M-I-T-H dot com and Fleur at mediumfleur.com M-E-D-I-U-M-F-L-E-U-R dot com If you're interested in being on a future episode of Moving Beyond, please send us an email to podcasts at mediumfleur.com P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S at M-E-D-I-U-M-F-L-E-U-R dot com. mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.